that's a thing. Like if if you know you're you're the paying, bottle has a good weight to it. Yeah, hundred. If you're paying a lot of money for a bottle, you want it to be a nice bottle. It's kind of like the Beats headphones and them adding weight to it just to make <laughs> it feel better, right? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 96 of the Mashup, the best bourbon conversation in here all week long. We're your hosts, Anthony and Steven. Hello, Anthony. Hello. Is this live? And in charge. <laughs> live and in charge. Live and direct. I like it. So we are live and direct tonight. And I was thinking about a month ago when my cousins visited with their spouses. And so my cousin, uh, Joe... And my cousin Olga, they visited with their their spouses and Olga and uh, Malik, um, her spouse, they're newlyweds. Okay, congratulations! Then, congratulations to them. And then Joe and and his wife Sydney, they are new parents. They have twins. Congratulations! Congratulations again! <laughs> and so they came down to visit, and naturally, I think I would say three out of four like bourbon. Olga's the only one that doesn't like bourbon. Come on, Olga! Come on, get it together, Olga! And so we, it, it was kind of a funny experience because they're in they're significantly younger, right? So they're in their twenties and thirties. I'm thinking to myself, this is so great. I can showcase my bourbon and really take care of uh, my family, right? The people that you love the most and you can take care of them. Like they can drink whatever you want, right? So they want a Coke with their bourbon. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Hey, thankfully, no. They okay, do not want to mix. Good start. But here's the thing. Like when you get together with, with family and you haven't seen them in a long time, you want to spend as much time as possible. But they won't like stay up to like two in the morning every night. That's late. I mean, two in the morning is late. Like these, these old, old bones, bones, old bones over here, <laughs> they got a little bit. And so I was just like, my goodness. Like, so anyway, the first night I hung, I actually hung till two in the morning. And the funniest thing is it was like two 30 in the morning. They left to go back to their hotel and I'm looking at my wife in the kitchen. I'm like, it's two 30 in the morning right now. We're going to be up in like four and a half hours. I'm like, what are we doing? I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm like, how do I end Having up at this, yeah, like, this point where it's two 30 in the morning? Impressed. But I just had this like disposition where I was like, huh? So the next day we went through it all. We went and took the kids, had a good time at like an arcade, you know, Lex live. We went to, you ever been to Lex live? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we went and did that. We had some fun. And then, uh, then we went to beer twin and had some rolling oven pizza. That's good. Yeah. We had a good time. Did you get the bourbon pizza? Um, we got, what did we get? We had chicken bourbon. Yeah. That's good. Was? Yeah. It yeah. was really good. Yeah. Oh man. It was killer. So big ups to them over there. Amir twin and uh, rolling pizza. Is it rolling pizza oven? Is that what it's called? Rolling oven pizza. Yeah. Rolling oven pizza, pizza oven. Mm -hmm. I like it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's always fun to have visitors to Lexington. You gotta, yeah. Y'all got to come down and visit Lexington more. If you come down here, you can hang out with the mashup podcast. Yeah. So Anthony, we finally caught up with our backlog of uh, reviews. Yep. So we have no reviews this week. Oh man. Makes me so sad. I know. Yeah. But if someone wants to have a shout out, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts the next time we record. We will shout you out. We will, for sure. We'll read it eloquently. Anthony, I'm pretty excited about this bottle. Are you flying high? I am. Flying high again. I just remember when we had uh, another variant of this bottle back a while ago. That's true. Yeah. Probably a year ago. I think it was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we all liked it. All three of us at the time liked it. Absolutely. Yeah. Michael was around the table then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to taste what this 
version has to offer. All right. So for this week, we have a bottle of Blue Run Emerald Rye Whiskey. Oh, yeah. The Emerald Rye Blue Run. That's sounding fantastic. So the distillery on this is actually the, well, they say that it's bottled in um, Bardstown, but it doesn't say anything about a distillery. So this was actually a contract distilled by the legend Jim Rutledge at Castle and Key Distillery in Frankfurt. The bottle date is 2022. The ABV is 58.35%. The proof is 116.7. The age is non-aid stated. Um, but the rumor is, the rumor from a source is that this might be around five to six years old. The mash bill is not disclosed, but there are three different mash bills. They are rye mash bills, and the MSRP on this guy is $110. Kind of the standard price now for Blue Run, isn't it? Yeah, it seems like they've kind of settled in at that price the, range. The, like the 80, 90-ish, yeah. low 100s. Yeah, I think the cheapest I've seen it is 90 bucks, and that's usually for the standard. For this version? Or not this else? version, okay. no. This one's always been $110. i am This is a cast strength, so... Um, the, the lower ones that they're proofing down, like the high rye bourbon, the one we tried, I think those are, I think those are closer to 90. Yep. I mean, there's not much more to say about this bottle. It's beautiful. It's becoming quickly my favorite bottle. I agree, man. Like it's, it's, uh, in a very short amount of time become almost iconic, um, with that butterfly. Yeah. It's just, I think the bottle itself has this volume to it Yep. with and height wise that I think it fills a good space on a, on a collection. I agree. Then the uniqueness of the butterfly right. kind of just really makes a pop. And so speaking of butterfly, uh-huh. for this emerald one, it's kind of just like a standard, what do you think? It's like metal, stainless steel looking. Yeah, stainless steel, silverish. Yeah. But he's a little crooked. Oh, really? Yeah. He's a little, I don't know if that's intentional, uh, but he's a little off center and off axis. I've noticed that like. I wonder because some of these butterflies seem like they're perfectly center mass, but I mean, I don't know. I got to ask what's going on with this. Maybe they're just hand applied or whatever. I, don't I, don't know. I think they can be applied by machine. It, so if they're applied by machine, then that machine is off. That. It's yeah. hitting a little bit. You got to calibrate that. We got an engineer over here. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the bottle is beautiful. The way this is a little different than the high rise that it has a little like emerald gem sticker cash strength on the very bottom of, yep. uh, on it. But I love the bottle. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I think we mentioned this last time we talked about Blue Run is the shape of this bottle is so unique. It's not like anything else that you see on the market right now. Can you think of another bottle that looks like this? No, and and, and one aspect that I, I like about it a lot that I think is probably you know subtle is the, the kind of the fat glass on the bottom weight. Yeah, absolutely. That it just it just looks the whole thing looks sturdy. Oh, absolutely. It's just got like a really nice feel to it. It almost, I think we've talked about this before, but it looks and feels expensive. And so yes. that's a thing. Like if, if you know, you're, your the paying, bottle has a good weight to it. Yeah, all that. If you're paying a lot of money for a bottle, you want it to be a nice bottle. It's kind of yeah. like the Beats headphones and them adding weight to it just to make it feel better, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely gives a premium feel yeah. and it, and it, and it it, it's it's uh it's it's portraying that is the best way to yeah, put it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very nice. So, getting into a little bit of this product info, did you know that this is the third, technically the third rye release that they've done? They so, had, what are they? Because we did the high rye. We did a high rye bourbon. 
So a high ride bourbon could be like, you know, any high ride bourbon, you know, it's just the way to say whatever. Yeah. But rye, actual rye whiskey, they had a golden rye release and they had a holiday rye release. Those two, I've tried both of them. They're both good in their mm-hmm. own respects, but this is the third time they've done a, a, a rye release. But this one represents that I know the first time that they've actually done a rye release with um, all the liquid that Jim Rutledge distilled there, right? So I mentioned that this was distilled by the legend Jim Rutledge, formerly of Four Roses, and he distilled this stuff at Castle and Key, and then they aged it in warehouses at uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company and also at Castle and Key. There's a lot of names. Yeah. No, it's a lot of names. Yeah. It's like a treasure map. <laughs> Steven's all confused over here. He's like, what's going on? Whatever. Getting glossy-eyed. Yeah. So that's like kind of the background quickly of this release. But, um, you know, Blue Run, you know how we often say about Buffalo Trace about people? Mm-hmm. Blue Run is quickly becoming about people. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And so do you have you ever heard of a person named Shaylin Gammon? The name does not ring a bell. It doesn't ring a bell? But no one's name rings a bell, so. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. Well, that's okay. Well, she was working for Wild Turkey, and she oversaw some really key projects for them, things like uh, Russell's 13, uh, Wild Turkey Masters Keep, some of those releases. Those are big ones. Yeah. Long Branch, the one with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, all right, some, all right, all right. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. With stuff with Rare Breed. So she she was doing a lot of stuff with, with Wild Turkey, and then Blue Run came along, and they literally kidnapped her. I think they like, they like, you know, told her like, you're coming to work for us. And she was like, really? And they were like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But they didn't like, they, they stole her away from wild Turkey. They, you know, I'm assuming they made her uh, an offer to come over there to, to um, be their master liquid person. Mm -hmm. I actually have to say that with this release, the one that we're talking about today, this Emerald Rye, she was tasked with blending 189 barrels that that with three different mash bills coming from a different places. And I'm kind of interested to try this to see if she did a good job with it. But I also know that some of the other things that she's been tasked with recently, things like um, the winter solstice release, the flight series reflection, number one, she's had a hand in all those whiskeys for blue run and they've all been, I've tasted some of them. They've been really good. Well, should we get right to the nosing? I think we might have to here. So honestly, this nose is interesting because you you mentioned this, right? The first thing that hits you is what? A little bit of ethanol. Yeah. You're getting a little bit of ethanol up front to let you know it's proofy. It's there. Yeah. But once you nose a little bit longer, the things that are coming out are pretty interesting and layered. So fair amount of spice. Um, I agree. There's a good amount of sweetness. And if I was to describe the sweetness... To me, it almost feels like a frosting of some sort. And so, you know how you get like cake frosting, everybody says it's too sweet? I don't like Just that. like a tiny little yeah. bit of, tiny lick or like just go over the cake and smell it. You can smell like con- confectioner sugar. But I'm also getting like a lot of um, earthy undertones, like a little bit of... Uh, it has a good weight to it. Yeah. Like the, no- the nosing, yeah. it feels like a solid nose. Yeah, it's rich. Yeah. Yeah, it's rich. And so... You would definitely have to sit with this one a little bit, in my estimation, if you're going to sit and nose it, because at first, at first uh, nose, it, it does come off a little bit proofy, a little bit more ethanol, but we're taking our time with this one. I know this is a bourbon podcast, but I'm getting Chardonnay notes. Yeah, you're taking me back to the Leopold Brothers episode. Do you remember that way back when, when we did the Leopold Brothers rye? You um, and your nickel. By nickel. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> I remember um, I was getting some white wine notes in that one, and so some Chardonnay. I definitely butter, like a little, little buttery. Yeah, a little. It's like a butterscotch, yes, um, buttercream slash white grape. It's very interesting. It's um, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So if you're following along at home, we've said <laughs> ethanol, buttercream, grapes. Yeah, I think this is going to get a little bit Spice, kind of herbs. Yeah, exactly. Over time. A lot of stuff. So pivoting a little bit, do you know what I'm really excited about? And I want you to get excited about it. Tell me. Did you know Blue Run is expanding, yes. the, bur- the, expanding the bourbon trail, right? Yes. So when people think of the bourbon trail, they think about Louisville. They think about Lexington. Bardstown. And Bardstown and all points in between. Yeah, all points in between. Um, so for sales everywhere. One thing they don't really think about is Georgetown. And now, thanks to Blue Run, um, that's where the home of Blue Run is going to be. It's going to be in Georgetown, Kentucky. They're, they're going to be building a distillery there, which is pretty amazing. That's pretty nice. It's close. Yeah. It's close. I mean, my parents live in Georgetown, mm-hmm. so you know how much I'm going to be there? A lot. Yeah, I'm going to be there so every, much. Every Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to be there when they're constructing it. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> this this distillery that's going to be opening, and I'm not sure when, is going to be a 35,000-square-foot distillery with uh, 20,000-square-foot rickhouses and will serve the community and the company. And it's going to be their distilling operation, their future headquarters, and apparently they're investing a fifty-one million in this particular place. And it's just going to be—it's going to be great. I mean, they're going to create forty-five full-time jobs, and um, it's just—I don't know. When I heard they were coming to Georgetown, it was like a massive thing for me. I actually um, just kind of lost my mind. So I think in a previous episode, I told you guys that I message off and on with uh, Mike Montgomery, mm-hmm. who's the the co-founder and CEO of big Blue Run. Yeah, big man, yeah. And um, I told him, I said, I'm going to be a distiller every day. You guys are going to get rid of me. You're going to have to ban me from the property. Yeah, we knew for a while, <laughs> I think, that they were going to build in Kentucky. Yeah, and definitely. it was nice that they're being right in our backyard. Oh, yeah, definitely right in our backyard. And I think it's a nice thing because I think the actual connection to Kentucky comes from the other co-founder, Jesse McKnight. But... Um, the fact that they're investing in a place like Georgetown, which has a lot going on. I mean, Georgetown to me is like a little bit like a hidden gem in Kentucky. Like no one's going to say, I'm coming here and I'm going to go to Georgetown. But I think Blue Run will help uh, drive mm-hmm. some tourism over there. And um, I think it'll be great for them and for the city up there. I just think it'd be really, really good partnership. I'm sure with all those Toyota execs coming in. Oh, yeah. Right there. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. They're going to be picking up. Especially, I think... You know what? At that price point, that might feel good for them to buy. Absolutely. It won't be like $20 and they'll come back and oh, I got a $100 bottle and, and, and feel <laughs> yeah. good about it. Well, and that's the other thing to say. Like for those of you who are listening that don't know, all your Toyota Camrys are built right here in uh, Georgetown, Kentucky. Other, yeah. And other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah, but uh, it's a massive car plant that's up there. And it's pretty much, uh, I grew up in Northeast Ohio where we had a big car plant that sustained a big part of the economy. So I think it's a really good place to be building a distillery. And I can't wait to go up there. Like, I hope they'll. Do you think they'll let me distill any whiskey? You think they'll let me on the premises? They're gonna be like, "There's that guy again. Get rid of him." I hope they let both of us on on premise. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe we'll do a future podcast live from the distillery up there. You think? Well, should we go for our first taste? Let's do it. Well, I got myself a really nice mouth 
uh, feel there from that pour that I had. I think it was a little bit of a bigger pour than I was expecting. But, um, man, this is an incredibly complex rye whiskey. It's got a beautiful hug. Yeah. Like, I think it's just strong enough to, you know, it's there, but not overpowering to where it's kind of burning and uncomfortable. Absolutely. At hundred, almost 117 proof rye. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty hefty whiskey by most standards. Like if you think about other brands, like I've been on record saying I really like a Michter's barrel strength rye. Um, most Michter's barrel strength ryes, I think the highest proof I've ever seen on one is like 113. Mm-hmm. And um, they are also barely ryes, even though the mash bill is not disclosed here. This tastes to me like a barely rye. And when I say barely rye, you know I've said that before. It's uh, it's almost drinks like a little bit like a bourbon, but a high rye bourbon or a rye. It's a uh, it's a lot going on here. Being a rye, I'm, I'm getting a little like I think it's spearmint out of the tasting. Yeah, there's definitely some layered mint going on here, like even more so than I'm tasting. Yeah, not, not yeah. super strong. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but I always like talk about rye in the sense of the spice being minty or more herbally. And I think this one kind of like is a nice balance between the two. Like the sip gives me sometimes like this, this feeling of more layered spice, like maybe some peppers and herbs. And then other times it gives me the more sweet and minty kind of flavors to yeah, it. So I there's like a lot, that. like it's like a pendulum. It keeps going back and, back and forth, forth all over the place. Like, um, and it's, it's really nice. Like no, I, really I got the it. mint, I got the spearmint like you're talking about mm-hmm. and I got the peppercorn. Yep. And then, you know, we've already said the sweetness of the yeah. nosing. And the sweetness is actually like on the, the taste too is there. Like, so if you are a bourbon drinker and you're like, oh, I don't like rye, this actually has some bourbon characteristic to it. It really does. It like has a little bit of that like, I agree. Uh, malty yeah. um, caramel sweetness. It definitely, um, being that it's three different mash bills, I'm not quite sure. And and I will say this, like as we lead into talking about this as we're tasting it, um, people unfortunately have accused Blue Run of being kind of gimmicky with their whiskey. And what I mean by that is when they first started out, they were sourcing some incredible stuff from from an undisclosed distillery. We have our assumptions of where that might be at, but uh, I can't really comment on that <laughs> of what I think. But yes, when they first started off, they sourced some excellent whiskey. Nobody's going to disagree with that. But then um, <clears throat> after that, when they started releasing their own distillate, like and the price point, people were thinking like, oh, what you know, like is this worth the price? Like it's $100 whiskey in a nice bottle, but is it worth it? You it's know just what I mean? like... We haven't reviewed everything, yes. But a uh, a peerless we have not reviewed yet. I know we haven't and, exactly. And there's there's a fine example of something coming in. Yeah, hundred plus bucks in yeah. a, a nice looking bottle, beautiful bottle. Exactly, a beautiful bottle. And so I think that um, the reason why Blue Run has stood the test of time, at least in the short term, because they've really only been in operation, I would say, like what five six years. I think the reason why they've stood the test of time is because, number one, people are still finding out about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not everybody knows about Blue no. Run. And, and and the second thing is, is stuff they laid down five years ago is actually turning out to be really good stuff. <laughs> like, I remember when I went to, my, on, uh, when I went to Maryland. Yeah. And they had a high rabbit that was behind a glass case. Okay. And, you know, I'm sure they only had a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not something that people are going to like 
be interested in buying because it's kind of behind glass. Yeah, absolutely. And so they might not even know, not even realize it's there. You'd be looking at it like, oh, that's a high expensive stuff. I'm not even in the market for that. You know what <laughs> I mean? There's the Pappy uh, cabinet. <laughs> There's the Pappy Van Winkles. <laughs> when we think about Blue Run, we have to think about their leadership, the the people that are behind the brand. So I know I've alluded to it, but not mentioned it much, but I think the person that we have to mention is Mike Montgomery. So Mike is actually the co-founder and CEO, as I mentioned earlier, but he's one of the four guys behind the brand and he has put his heart and soul into this brand. Like he messages people, we hand, writes, about hand writes and letters, notes. Yeah. Um, he's got a connection with the customers of the brand. Like he really is like the engine that drives this whole, I think blue run like craze and obsession but he's not like satisfied with that, right? So I mentioned Shaylin Gammon. I mentioned, um, I haven't mentioned yet, but I was thinking about the fact that they're launching their single barrel program now with Trey Wade. And um, they just are connecting with really talented people in the industry. And they also like, I mean, come on, who's going to have Jim Rutledge distill like a Kentucky legend distill their initial stuff? Um, I was messaging with Mike earlier and he told me that when they were laying down these barrels for emerald rye, like they were just laying down these different rye barrels that Jim himself Rutledge did not think they would be good distillate in the long term, And then when they started tasting them at three years, they're like, we got something special here. And I concur. Like, I really think that, uh, it's pretty interesting. That I wonder why the, he said that. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like I wonder what, too. what like tipped them off to like think that. Well, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if somebody's got 50 years of experience. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because I'm and, sure he's had a lot that of experience. Kind of thing, like, these, I mean, that's the thing with whiskey, right? Like, some of these guys put stuff down, they may never get to see what their distill actually turns out to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just think that with Blue Run, they've been doing things right for, for, um, since the beginning, and it's been kind of crazy. So I just, I give them a lot of credit. I think Mike, uh, does, does a great job, but I think he's also, brought in some great talent around him so anthony would you pass try or buy on the blue run emerald rye whiskey okay so all the things that i've said my connection to the brand the fact that i probably i mean i don't want to get an ego about this but i was probably one of the few hundred people that first bought the blue run 13 year and thought like this was something special right I wanted to hate it. <laughs> I really did because there's so many brands starting off like with just saying whatever they new say. New brand have like a yeah. 15 year product. Yeah, new brand, 15 year product, whatever. I never heard of you. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Like I don't care. I was a fan instantly, and I have tried product from them that I've liked and disliked, but this one to me is a massive winner. And the reason why I say that is because at at a I don't know, between this age range for a younger rye to actually taste the way this does with the layered spice is really like, it's very pleasant. Like I, I just, I, I like it a lot. So even at $110, I'm going to be a buy. So I think I'm kind of on the fence between a try and a buy. Okay. I think the 110 price point is high. Yeah. I mean, it's not far off from the other offerings they have, so I can't really complain about that. I'm just talking about maybe in general. I get that. But, I I mean, I've enjoyed the pour from nosing the tasting, the whole gamut. So, I guess I'll be a buy. Okay. On it. Yeah. Oh, I've, look at that. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it enough to where I like, I know I really enjoyed like the high rye, and I think that's, what, 90? Yeah. And so, what, this is $10, $20 more? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're basically the same price, so... 
Yeah, I think I'd be buy. It, I mean, another excellent product, another beautiful bottle with a butterfly on it. Yeah. Oh, nat- so, naturally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually joking. I was thinking to myself, like this. This is. It's. It's a really nice pour. I actually like it way better than I like the previous rye products, and I've tried both of them. Um, and that's no disrespect to the other ones because, I mean, the Holiday Rye was pretty good. The Golden Rye, by comparison to me, is just okay, but they're different barrels, right? They're not the same barrels, right. so it's not like we're comparing apples to apples here. But um, I think that if I had to think about this uh, whole entire brand since it started, I really feel, and you, you know, I know you don't know the people sometimes as well as I do, but um, I really think that Shailen Gammon, um, being the fact that she's in charge of some of these recent releases, the Reflection, um, the, the the Winter Solstice series and other things, I think she's really catapulting Blue Run into new territory. Like I think that this is really her vision on display. The reason why they hired her, I think this is it for this moment. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, 100%. And yeah. like, again, that's no disrespect to anybody else that's involved. I just think that she really is shining through. And the fact that she can produce these kind of blends like this, this keeps me, I'm, I'm I want to come back for this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. If this keeps happening, like count me in, you know, like, and I've always kind of been a blue run Homer, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you got like a bottle of, high rye batch one high rye batch two or whatever like it's not as exciting as knowing that like she's had her hand on like these different batches and different things that are going on so what do you think no uh i definitely would be having a pour of this when i end it uh, oh yeah yeah so now we leave this bottle over here and Steve's gonna <laughs> stooge it away hey you know and with that thanks for listening to this week's edition please like and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at the mash of KY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this bottle in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.